and sitting outside in the sun. Amen? As we go to the Lord in prayer, there are many today that are still putting on their uniform and fighting for us, and there are many families who are laying beside an empty uniform so that we could come here today and have the freedom to worship God together. There are those who are sitting in cemeteries this morning remembering their loved ones who fought and, and gave up their all, gave up their life so that we could have the freedoms that we enjoy. We live in a in an age that, that people have forgotten just how, or many people have forgotten just how important those freedoms are. We live in an age when there are many who are trying to take away those freedoms, both abroad and at home. We need to remember that there were men and women who gave everything for that freedom. And that's what this day was set aside for. And as long as we continue to make it about hot dogs and, and sodas, we're going to have a problem. We need to get back to praying for those families who lost loved ones as well. Amen? Amen. So if you'll go with me to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father God, I do come before you thanking you for an incredible Sunday school class this morning. Everything is, you have just been in the house already and you're doing the things that, that only you can do amongst the lives of your people. And I pray this morning, Lord, that your, your spirit will just be made manifest in this place. May every heart that's here today recognize and realize they have been not just in church they have been in your presence so god i just pray this morning that your will be done god all those families that for whatever uh, battle it may have been whether it was world war ii vietnam korea uh, afghanistan uh, iraq wherever it has been that men and women have laid down their lives for this country may we pray for those families that are minus those folks today Give them the strength. Dry, dry, maybe not dry their eyes, but give them a peace in their heart of knowing that you're still on the throne and you are still God. And if they do not know you, I pray that you'll move in their life today to make that decision wherever they may be. And God, I do again, as always, not just because it's Memorial Day, Father, I do lift up every man and woman that's put on a, a, a uniform to go and fight in my stead for the freedoms I enjoy. Thank you, Lord God. And I pray if there's someone here today in this room, for whatever reason they may be here, if they do not know you, whether it be through a song, whether it be through a hug, a handshake, through a message, the baptisms, whatever it may be, I pray that today you will make yourself known and they will accept you before it's too late. May your will be done, Father. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. As I said, it's good seeing everybody this morning. Praise the Lord. Let's stand up. Walk around just a second. Shake somebody's hand. You don't have to go all the way to the back, but wherever you want to go, shake somebody's hand, give them a hug, and just tell them it's good to see them in God's
Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His graces? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are you gone? Walk in daily by the Savior's side. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Do you rest each moment in the crucified? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments? Spotless are they white as snow Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? When the bridegroom cometh Will your robe be white? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Will your soul be ready for the mansion's bride And be washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb. Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Lay aside the garments that are stained with sin and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. There's a fountain flowing for the soul on are you washed in the blood in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Morning. So, are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Say Amen. Hallelujah. As you grab your seats, we have just a few announcements this morning. Uh, one of which, Paul Buford, the pastor at River Oaks Baptist Church down the road. Uh, texted me this morning and he wanted to send an invitation to everybody here today. Next Sunday after church, they are going to have a dual party. One party of part of the party is to celebrate their 10-year anniversary here at, in Sutherland Springs. The second part of the party is a Bon Voyage party because they're leaving. If you, if you did not know, Martha has accepted a position leading women's ministry at a church, at First Baptist Church of the Cayman Islands. So the poor man has to go and retire to the Cayman Islands while his wife works. <laughs> it's a hard thing, but somebody has to do that. So he is going. 
So they are moving to the Cayman Islands. And he, he's inviting everybody to come to the party and just have a great time uh, of food, fellowship, just sitting down there at River Oaks Baptist Church and enjoying one another and wishing them uh, a farewell and wishing them a, a, a good time there as they are doing what God's called them to do. So he wanted to make sure to put that out there. Just, there's a whole lot of announcements in your bulletin. The, there's just a couple I'm going to grab here, one of which... We are starting a new Sunday school class, young adult class, from 19-year-old up to 30-ish, uh, whatever fits in that class per se, but it's going to be a young adult Sunday school class that we're splitting off into one of the new classrooms over there. So if you had been wanting to come to Sunday school but you didn't like us folks that have no hair, that's the class for you, right? But it's a, a new class starting off next Sunday. The Taggarts will be teaching that, so praise the Lord. Amen. The only other announcement I think I'm going to grab is that uh, many of you, of you guys have noticed the, the plants and, and there's a lot of landscaping and things going on. There are those who are taking care of that. But if you would like to get on a, a, a call list on a, a hey, I, I, I like gardening. I want to help. If you will just get, get in contact with Sherry or, or Sherry Taggart or the front office, let them know that you would like to help. There's all kinds of little things we can do. There's things in the works. There is somebody in charge of that already that, that is a professional gardener. Uh, but we can always use the help into that as well. So if you'd like to help take care of the grounds and the yard work and such as that, get with Sherry or get, go get with Wendy and get your name on that list. Okay, there's a bunch more announcements there, but I think we're going to hold it there and we're going to move on. Uh, brother Darrell, come on up, brother. I almost aged myself and said, here's my brother Daryl and my other brother Daryl and my other brother Daryl. <laughs> Let me pray to you. Father God, I do lift up my brother to you as you've uh, come to speak through him today. Uh, today was Rod's day, but he couldn't be here today, so Daryl's stepping in, and I know that uh, he is going to speak your word. So thank you for his obedience. Thank you for who you are, and may you speak through him today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, brother. Good morning. Good day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. All right. Start out with, uh, I'm going to be reading John 15, 13 this morning. Boom. There it is. I didn't know that was happening when I had this, but I'll go with it anyway. All right. Uh, Memorial Day. We here at Southern Springs, we had uh, kind of two Memorial Day weekends in a row. Last weekend was Memorial of the 26 that were lost and a year and a half ago in memorial of the, the church and uh, this weekend is memorial of who died in every war past uh, the 26 lost last weekend were the reason that we are able to be sitting right here in this facility right now and uh, the other million and so and so uh, that died are the reason that we're able to come here and worship God in this new facility. So, uh, just want to say we need to keep all 26, all 1 million and so in our prayers uh, for their families, the ones that are lost, and uh, just keep praying for them, keep them in mind. It's a lot of sacrifice, over a million people have died so we could be sitting right here worshiping our God. So, all right. The 
Let's go to uh, my scripture. Is uh, greater love has no one than this, that one lay down this life for a friend. These people lay down their life for people they didn't know, us. So keep them in your prayers. Let's go, Lord, in prayer. Dear Lord, we pray for our nation, our military, and their families. We lift up all the families and friends of our fallen men and women in uniform. We pray your peace. We keep them and give them hope. Help them remember the sacrifices of their loved ones with tears of pride and sorrow. Knowing their loved ones didn't die in vain, but secured our liberties for our for generations. <clears throat> for each military member and their families, we pray for protection and provision. Protection for the soldiers in the fields of service and here at home for their families. Also provision for them all by your hand of grace and mercy because of the great sacrifices they make every day. We pray this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.
won't shadow, you won't light up. Mountain, you won't climb up. Coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down. Lie you won't tear down. Coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up. Coming after me. No wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. I share that passage of scripture because when we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we become one family, one body. Doesn't matter whether you're in this building here, whether you're in a building down the road, or we got folks here from Michigan. Doesn't matter where you're at physically, it's whether or not your heart, your spirit has been given unto the Lord. For once you have done that, we are one body wherever we are. Amen? Hey, hallelujah. Jew or Greek, male or female, we are all one body. There are folks here this morning that have made a profession of faith. Some a little bit back, they were waiting for today, and others just last week are coming forward. And they are coming this morning, and they're going to be in uniting themselves with us through baptism. Remember, this water does not save anyone. What was saving was the grace of Jesus Christ through his sacrificial blood 
on the cross of Calvary. Amen? This water is in obedience. He says, now go and baptize. In other words, by them showing that coming in this water today, they're saying we choose to die to the old and be reborn a new creation in Christ. And this is our public proclamation to everyone that that is our choice. So everyone that's coming in here this morning has made that choice. And I'm going to ask them here momentarily so that you can hear it for yourselves. And then they're going to act exercise that act of obedience and be baptized and give God the glory. So first, Clayton, come on down, brother. All right. Step right here. Cross your arms. All right. So Clayton, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? With all my heart. With all my heart, he says, Amen. So I Amen. So I baptize you, my brother. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Down with the old, and up with the new. Come on in, Toby. Definitely going to have to put more water in this next time. All right. Now, I've known Toby many years, and i got many stories I could tell. But, Toby, do you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes, sir, I do. Amen. He said, yes, sir, I do. So I baptize you, my brother. You're my brother now through the blood of Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Down with the old, up with the new. Amen. Anybody have some ice they can put in here? We definitely need to turn the heater up on this. Amen. More ice in it. Somebody back there don't like you. <laughs> I've known Faith for a very, very long time, too, and it does my heart well when she came down, accepted Christ. I want, I'm ready and want to be baptized. So you, honey, do you ex have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. Amen. She said yes. So I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Down with the old... And up with the news. <laughs> Amen. So Jacob's coming this morning. He he we prayed and we talked. And in actuality, his mama and he a little while back were talking and she was able to lead him to the Lord and, and he came to me and he knew and he did and he said and I was like well praise God even he's, Jesus said do not pamper the children do not impede the children from coming on to me and when they truly know him praise God just this young man here so Jacob have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior okay. so I baptize you my brother in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit down with the old and up with the new Same thing with Dylan. It, his mom was, this is another one, his mom was able to, to talk to him and lead him to the Lord and they were talking together and he came to me and 
And I feel as though that God's really spoken to this young man, and he accepted Christ. So, Dylan, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes, sir. Amen. Go ahead and cross your arms. He said, yes, sir. So I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Down with the old and up with the new. <laughs> He said he doesn't want to stay in this water anymore. Come on in, Mickey. It is cold. Amen. Well, Mickey is accept or have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Amen. He came down and talked to me and said he was ready to let the world know the decision that he has made to let Jesus Christ come into his life. Glory is right. So, brother, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Down with the old, and up with the new. Amen. The good thing about cold water, they won't forget this. <laughs> Amen. Let's take them to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I do come before you right now, and I thank you for this opportunity to be a part of your ministry. God, everyone in this room, everyone who's going to watch this on the internet, everyone who's going to watch this in, on Facebook Live, however they see these baptisms today, I pray that they won't get caught up in Sutherland Springs or caught up in a building or caught up in this, that, or the other. They will see that six more people made an active public profession that you are God. You are Lord of Lords, King of Kings, and God, may you protect them, watch over them, and may you get all glory for what's happening in these six folks' lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise team's going to come back up. Amen. some uh, technical difficulty. Okay, let's keep stand up. Let's make some noise for all these baptisms. Amen. Try not to hurt myself.
nothing can separate Even if I ran away Your love never failed I know I still make mistakes But you have new mercy for me every day Your love never fails You stay the same through the ages Your love never changes There may be pain in the night But joy comes in the morning And when the oceans rage I don't have to be afraid Because I know that you love me your love never fails. The wind is strong and the water's deep. I'm not a loner in these open seas. Cause your love never fails. chasm is far too wide I never thought I'd reach the other side Sure love never fails You stay the same through the ages Your love never changes There may be pain in the night but joy comes in the morning And when the oceans rage I don't have to be afraid Because I know that you love me Your love never fails
If you can grab your seats for just a moment, I forgot. Brother Kip had something he wanted to share with us this morning. Brother Kip, come on up. Hallelujah. He's coming to sing a special. So. <laughs> In 2014, there was a demolition derby held to raise money for a church used to go to camp. I remember that. I coerced them to give half that money to the Lavernia Veterans Memorial. The Lavernia Veterans Memorial will be dedicated tomorrow at 1 o'clock. On behalf of the Lavernia Historical so Association and the Veterans Memorial Committee. This Amen. is for the whole church and it's the first one given. Amen. Hallelujah. It says Lavernia Veterans Memorial honoring our veterans. And on the other side, uh, saying with Texas in the middle of it, uh, recording, reserving, and researching. So, guys, again, praise the Lord. Thank you for that. There's a picture up there of the memorial in, in, in Lavernia. If you have not been by there, again, 1 o'clock tomorrow will be a presentation there as well. Wow, that's an old picture. <laughs> you didn't tell me you were doing that. <laughs> but, yes, praise the Lord. So praise God for that. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, Cody. You can make them stand again if you want. It's up to you. <laughs> Y'all just find a comfortable place of worship. We're going to keep, uh, we're going to sing two more songs, so. You are the word at the beginning, one with God, the Lord Most High. Nothing comes. 
So if you guys want to just sit stand. Oh, baby. 
Amen. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah. And I know this is Memorial Day and you would expect a Memorial Day message. And I pray that you understand that Memorial Day is important. However, God lets me to speak to about something else that's happened this week that I think we need to address. But there's a video that's been going around on Facebook, I think it is, but many of y'all may have already seen this video. But there's a reason why I want to show it here at the church as well and come off of this video with something. So listen to the video first. Hi guys, are you ready for me to secret order? Yeah, uh, we'll just do uh, two slices of the banana cream pie. Oh, the banana cream pie is my favorite. I could eat a whole pie of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, sure you could. Okay, um, I'll go grab those for you right now. Great. Having a bad day. (laughs) 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 That girl that you called fat, she's starving herself. That guy that you made her fun crying, his mother's dying. That boy you pushed back the other day, he could be being abused at home. And that old man you made fun of for being deformed, he fought for our country. We think we know what everyone is going through, but the truth is we have no idea. Blowing out someone's candle doesn't make ours shine any brighter. And if you're trying to pull people down, Remember, you're already below them. And for those of you being put down or bullied or pushed back, recognize that if someone's making you feel like you're not good enough, you're allowing them to do that. See, when someone says that we're beautiful, we believe them for like a moment. But when someone tells us we're ugly, we believe them for a lifetime. Our mind constantly tricks us into amplifying the negatives and minimizing the positives but it's our choice to not let that in. It was Gandhi who said that I will not let anyone walk through my mind with their dirty feet. See, we all have a choice to let things in, whether it's energy, words, feelings, or emotion. It's our responsibility to keep our space the way we want it to be. And we all have to recognize that our words and actions have an impact on others. There are so many people today dealing with so much that even the smallest action can become a huge trigger in their personal life. And remember, 
Those who judge will never understand and those who understand will never judge. of that video if you will understand our words can pierce people very deeply and if somebody's in the midst of of, of a hard time not only do those words hurt but many folks when they're at their weakest moment will take those words to be truth and allow those words to cut within them and sometimes we find ourselves being the recipient of those words i'm sure that we could all probably make a list of words that we have heard that have hurt us or possibly even a list of words that we have shared with others that we know that have hurt other people that many of which still resonate in our minds when we think about when we recall those words whether they were spoken to us or whether we spoke them wanting wishing we could take them back or wishing that someone had never said them or something like that oftentimes those words continue to stay with us for many many years Everyone in this room, whether you were popular in school or not, or, or whether you have lots of friends, whether you're young or old, whether you served in the military, didn't, whatever you want to say, every one of us has been hurt at some point by somebody's words, and more than likely, every one of us has hurt somebody with our words as well. The old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, that is true. But I would say that words oftentimes break our souls. Words can reach into us and hurt us in incredible ways if we choose to allow them to do so. There are several here this morning who have come to me just in this last week, and some of which were really broken because of the fact there are people still out in the community at large, further out, if you will, but there are people in the distant communities, there are people on the internet, things of that nature that are still trying to throw these little grenades in to try to talk bad about what God is doing here in Sutherland Springs. And some people have been accosted personally. They are, they are, there are people who are going and saying hateful and ugly things, throwing very ugly insults and such, and hurting people for no, uh, no reason other than to make themselves look good, I guess. But here's what I shared with them this week. And I'm going to share with each one of you guys as well. And we need to take it to heart for all of us, for all our lives, for everything that happens in our lives. We need to remember that when we find ourselves going against the norms of our culture, when we find ourselves doing what God has called us to do amongst a world that has chosen to turn its back on God and go the other direction... When we are doing what God has empowered us to do, which is to be witnesses on him to Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world, when we are proclaiming the gospel message, Satan is going to do everything he can to impede that. And we need to remember that hurtful and discouraging words are almost always the first thing he sends to oppose us. When we are being what God has called us to be, Satan is going to throw people out there to say things, to dissuade us, to tear us down. This ranges in in, in everything in our lives, from whether or not we're responding to God's call to 
to go and change the world around us or if it's just a, if we're just trying to live out our relationship with Christ and, and, and not bother anybody else. Satan does not want that power, the power of an almighty God, to be magnified through you. So he is going to send those out there that if he can dissuade you, if he can tear you down, if he can break you, if he can wound your soul and make you turn away from the task at hand, if he can get you to turn away from talking about what God's doing, if he can get you to turn away from the spirit that manifests itself in the songs we're singing and when we gather together and pray, if he can do that with words, that's what he is going to do and that's what people are allowing him to use them for to try to tear us down, to get our eyes off the focus of Christ and put it on the focus of the moment. And guys, that's a choice we are making at that point. Whether it's just the clothes we wear. Someone came to me this week and because they had one of the Sutherland Springs shirts on, somebody just ripped them apart for that, saying all kinds of ugly things. Guys, we need to focus and remember our battle is not between flesh and blood. It is between between the principalities of good and evil. When someone comes up to you and wants to tear you down for your faith, smile and praise God and say, thank you, Jesus, you've just called me to the front line of your battle. And give him the glory. Amen. Give him the glory and say, God, use me now. Lord, give me the words to say, whether you're at work, whether you're at school, etc. wherever you're at, say, God, here I am. There are so many things that people will will find to make fun of us, to ridicule and discourage us. But I think the biggest thing right now is our faith in Christ. People are saying, well, why is the Spirit... And and this is sometimes people who go to church and they'll say, well, why is the Spirit so supposedly moving so strong there in Southern Springs? It's not over here. And because they are not experiencing the Spirit like we are, they just automatically say, well, it can't be real, or God must not be there, because if God really was doing that, He would do it with me as well. And you try to point out attitudes and things of this nature, well, that just makes them more angry. And we need to stop and realize and recognize that God is the same here, there, and everywhere. It's a matter of whether or not you want to truly give your life to Him or not. It doesn't just come from our peers. It sometimes it's it could be friends, it could be family, it could be it, it could be pastors sometimes, it could be politicians. It is those who should be role models, those who should be leaders in our community and leading us into a faith with Christ, oftentimes are the ones who feel left out. They feel jealous that well, why do you get to experience that and I do not? And rather than getting on their knees and drawing closer to God, they'd rather just tear us down. Many of us have cuts and bruises and wounds in our soul from people's words. This morning, I want us to look at Nehemiah. In the book of Nehemiah, in chapter 4, we find him in a situation where he was having all kinds of, facing verbal opposition, if you will, verbal ridicule from the people around him. He and the Israelites were rebuilding the church. God was using them in a mighty way. And the community around wanted to come and, 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 and Samaria wanted to come up and start tearing them apart. And hopefully we can glean something this morning that will give us wisdom how to deal with the same kinds of things in the similar situations that we tend to find ourselves in. Whether it be about the church or whatever it may be in our lives. When people are hurling words at us, there's some important lessons here in Nehemiah chapter 4. So in chapter 4, starting at verse 1. When Sambalai heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became furious. He mocked the Jews before his colleagues and the powerful men of Samaria and said, 
What are these pathetic Jews doing? Can they restore it by themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they ever finish it? Can they bring those burnt stones back to life from the mounds of rubble? Then Tobiah the Ammonite, who was beside him, said, Indeed, even if a fox climbed up they would, they, what they are building, he would break it down, break down their stone wall. Listen, our God, for we are despised. Make their insults return on their own heads, and let them take, be taken as plunder to a land of captivity. Do not cover their guilt or let their sin be erased from your sight, because they have provoked the builders. So we rebuilt the wall until the entire wall was joined up together half its height for the people had the will to keep on working. Folks, Nehemiah and the people of Jerusalem were rebuilding the wall. They, they were rebuilding the temple of God. They had been called out. God had called them out to go and build this temple. Go and, and rebuild the wall. Go and let's regroup and become what I told your, your forefathers. Go and build the church. Well, when they are doing this, they meet the opposition. Sambalay from the surrounding community comes to him. He's the governor of Samaria, just north of Jerusalem. He comes down and, and in the very first verse there, it says he became very angry that the walls were being built. He became very angry. How dare you? No doubt he wanted Jerusalem under his own control. He wanted the people, the Jewish people, to, to have to do and say what he told them to do and say. He didn't want them to have the, the morale of a people that was worshiping the one true God. He didn't want them to come in and show the power of God because then he'd start losing influence around him. He didn't want them to come in and be used by God to build this great temple because then he would lose influence. So what he would do, he would go up to the people and he'd start cutting them down. Folks, it's the same thing with Satan. He doesn't want to see a church go up anywhere. He doesn't want to see people going forth and living out the life that God has called them to be. Satan does not want you and I to go and sing the songs we're hearing on Sunday morning amongst the world. He doesn't want you and I to go out and share the grace and the mercy and the power of an almighty God. Because when we do, he is losing souls that will want what we got and say, man, who and what are you talking about? It's Jesus Christ. When Satan gets in a battle with Jesus, he knows he loses. Therefore, he takes it to you. When we are building the church, and when I say building the church, it's not this building. You and me, these baptisms back here, that was six more souls into the church of Jesus Christ. And as we continue to be the witnesses God has called us to be into the lost and dying world, more and more people are going to come to know Christ. And Satan doesn't want that. He wants the people to do what he tells them to do when he tells them to do it. But when Christ interjects himself, when Christ comes into the picture, Satan knows it's over. Sambalay knew that if those walls were successfully rebuilt, the city would become a threat to him. He knew that the city would start showing, man, they worship the one true God. Satan is the same way. When, his, when a church for Christ is being utilized, when God is being made manifest, when the Spirit of God is going forth, that he is going to do everything he can because he knows that his kingdom just got shortened a little bit. Sambalay, what was his response? He looked at him and he flew into a rage, it says, and he mocked the Jews with a series of comments. He looked at him and said, uh, what do you think you're doing? He was throwing things out there to discourage them. He was doing things to, to pierce the souls of Nehemiah and his people. What do, you, 
bunch of poor, feeble Jews think you can do. Now, that may not sound like much, but here's the problem. They were poor and feeble. This was a blunt and to-the-point insult to them. They had been in and out of slavery so long. They were a broken people. They were a small people. They didn't have the power they once had. This was a small group who came together truly not trusting in their size and their strength and who they were. They were fully trusting in God because this was a task far greater than what they could take. And here he comes and he says, you are weak, you are poor. There's no way you people can rebuild these walls. How dare you think that God would even think about using you? What are you going to just, just offer sacrifices and he's going to speak it up? He's laughing at them. Day in and day out, Nehemiah and the Israelites are having to listen to this heckling, having to listen to the words that are being thrown, having to listen to the insults and the pain and, and everything being told to them, why they can't do this. And day in and day out, this reminder is coming, and you could see that the people could start getting broken down. They're thinking, oh, you know, one time this was built, but it was a larger people. There was more numbers. There was more power. This man is telling us there's no way we can pull this off. Oh, and, and, and he's telling us how long this project's going to take. Can we sustain? Can we continue to work at this pace? Can we really get this done? The task is too big. We're too weak. We're too small. You could see as these things being thrown, the people could have chose to internalize. Because there were truths. We are too weak. We are too small. The task is too big. But here's the difference, guys. They said, we are too small. It is too long. The task is too big for me, but not for my God. And that's what makes the difference, guys. The wall couldn't be rebuilt by the people, and Sambalay was telling them that. And to add insult to that, he's mocking God. He says, are you just going to pray it up? He's laughing at them and their God. You think you can just pray and, and look at those charred stones and the gates and the rubble earlier in the book of Nehemiah. That's what starts Nehemiah off on this quest, is they're told that the walls have been torn down, they've been burned, and, and that, that the temple of God doesn't exist anymore, and it breaks his heart, and he goes out. So these are charred ruins. So here we have a small, frail, weak people out in the middle of nowhere, working with rubble, trying to build back the beauty and the magnificence of the temple, of Solomon's temple. Here we have these people trying to rebuild the wall. And Sambalay is just laughing at him and saying, you're crazy, you can't do this. And if that constant ridicule wasn't enough, Tobiah, his friend, comes on and says, yeah, you're right, let me laugh at him too. If a fox jumped up on that wall, it would fall over. In other words, this is silliness. These people don't have a clue what they're doing. You need to give up. You need to turn, that, turn away and walk away. Nehemiah and, there is, and the Israelites, they had their weaknesses continually thrown at them. They had everything, every reason why they shouldn't proceed thrown in their face and told, you cannot do this. If I was in their shoes, even I would probably have to stop and, and start thinking, can I do this? There were so many insults that were pointing out the truths. Do I really think I can be used by God to do this? So many questions could have been planted in their minds. And I, I could see myself saying, you know, they're right. I could see the, new, the Israelites and Nehemiah saying, these people who are continually lambasting us with the truths that we are small, that we are weak, that we are in the middle of nowhere. 
I could see that maybe, maybe we've overstepped. To, uh, who are we to think we can build a church? Oh, uh, man, we just should just give up, turn away, and walk back. Because these people, listen to what they're saying. Why do I think I can be used by a holy God? I'm just a small person. Folks, we get caught in that same trap. I think here in Sutherland Springs, we're, we're out in this little community, in a country community, and, the, and there are many out there that say, who do you think you people are out there? Why do you think God would choose to use you and not this great mega church or this church or that people or this people? Folks, I'm going to tell you this morning, my God can use whomever he so chooses, even if it walks on four legs and called a donkey. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where I am. It's not about what I can do or what they can do. It's what my God can do. And that's what the people of Nehemiah's time also said. They were throwing these insults one after another. But they did what I'm going to submit to you that we do. But oftentimes those words come in and they hurt and they tear down. And, 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 and they hurt us in, in harsh ways. But most of the time when people are doing that, they are trying to take the spotlight off of their own inefficiencies, off of their own deficits. They are trying to take the light off themselves and put it on you because they want you, as that man said a while ago, to be as low as they are. They want to pull you down rather than you pull them up. So they're just going to continue to throw those things. But here's the kicker. We don't have to let the words of other people define who we are. Individually, as a church, as a people of Christ, let people talk. You do not have to worry about them defining you. If your faith is in Christ, he has already been defined and he will show himself through you. And that's what we need to adhere to, guys. I understand. In fact, I almost got caught up in one of them just this week when someone from a paper called and said that this was, people put this in a paper, do you want to respond? And at first I was like, yeah, I do. Then it's like, no, I don't. I don't want to engage in that because when I engage in that, it takes my focus off of what I'm supposed to be doing, which is sharing the gospel. Let them waller in their little pit. I choose to share the gospel. And that's where we need to continue. Amen. What did they do? What did Nehemiah's people do? They, they listened. They heard it. But you know what? They, the first thing I would say is they chose to ignore it. They prayed and they asked God for help and they continued to work hard. The people didn't let up. The people kept hollering insults. They kept on trying to, to tear them down and kept on trying to break them of their spirit and break who they were. But they said, no, we're not going to listen to this. They did not retaliate. They could have made insults to Sambalay. Oh, your mother looks like blah, blah, blah. You know, whatever. They could have come off with some kind of jokes. They could have come off with insults. They could have come back with retaliation. But they also understood that two wrongs don't make a right. They understood that if I start focusing on them, I'm not focusing on the wall. If I start doing things that's not of God, then why should I expect God to bless me? They understood that if I start focusing on that, it's going to distract me from what the task is at hand, and the task at hand is to build this wall. Oftentimes, we, we listen to the discouragement of others, and, it, and it, we allow it to take hold in us, and, and we, we retaliate. We can't help it. We, just, we retaliate. But guys, let me share with you this morning. When we retaliate, you're almost always going to make the situation worse. When we fire back with the same kind of ugliness that they were directing at us, 
we're almost always going to make it worse. No, what they did, they listened to it, but then they ignored it. And guys, let me say this too. To, to internalize it and not deal with it is like trying to put a Band-Aid on a bleeding soul. What they did next is what's important. They got on their knees and they corporately and one body prayed unto the Lord. They talked to one another about it. They shared, you know what Sambalay's been saying? You know what Tobiah's been saying? You know what the Sumerians have been saying? That we're too weak, we're too small, that we can't do this. How dare we think that God can use us? And together they talked it out, and together they locked arms, and together they lifted it up to the Lord and said, God, you want us to build this wall. Now I pray that you turn the insults back on them. I pray that you'll deal with them, but we're not going to. We're going to focus on this wall. Instead, the people came together, and with one another corporately to God, they got on their knees, and their focus wasn't on the hurtful words that they were hearing. Their focus was on the words of the one who could bring them through it. And as a church, that's what we have been called to do. When we come together and we sing praises together, those are the words, those songs we can take home. And, you know, some people, they don't hear anything through the sermon. They hear it through song. Others, it's the song's just a little quick ditty, and they hear the sermon. However it is, when we come together and we sing, we pray with one another, we cry with one another, we laugh with one another, we struggle with one another, we come together and say, God, here we are. It's then that we can go back out into the world, and the world can say everything they want, but we can remember, I have a family, and I have brothers, and I have sisters, and we gather together several times a week to come together and just worship and study your word and come together most of all to see our father who lives in heaven who chose to die for me when I can adhere to that kind of power Nehemiah and the Israelites could adhere to Jehovah God when they realized that Sambalai and, the, the, and all the Sumerians and all the folks were saying all that stuff they didn't get back and retaliate they came back to God folks we sing a song sometimes, there's no one like our God. There are so many passages within the scriptures that reminds us just how much God loves us. There are so many passages that remind us that how, much that, that, how much worth we have to God. But yet somehow we forget it when people start talking trash. We need to make it a point in our mind right now to commit our memory that when people talk trash and try to rile us up, and try to instigate a fight in one way or another, we need to stop and remember, my God loves me. You might not love me. In fact, you're saying things that hurt me. But by, not only does my God love me, but he can heal me of whatever you hurt me with. That my God can move into my life. Paul reminds us that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That no matter how much you try to tear me down, if my focus and my being is in Christ then I can accomplish this. Bottom line is this. No matter who or what it is we are up against, my God is bigger. My God is more powerful. My God promises to be with me every step of the way. And I can remember, as Paul spoke to the Romans, if God be for me, then who dares be against me? Amen? <laughs> Folks, we need to surround ourselves with people who remind us of that. We need to surround ourselves with people who are truly seeking out the guidance of Christ. We, we will be able to accomplish anything, that, any task that God sets before us when we are reminded that, yes, there are those who are going to throw those spirit grenades. Yes, there are those like those two kids in that video that, that are just stuck on themselves and 
trying to take the focus off of themselves by making them thinking in their mind they're better than other people. There are those people out there who will try to destroy you. There are those who are jealous and envious of the fact that the Spirit of God moves in here. And, and, and I had someone tell me this a little while back. He's a, he's a godly man. He didn't mean it in an ugly way. But he said, he said, Pastor, you pastor the Baptist church. And I said, yes, sir, uh, I do. You know that. He said, I just never heard of the Spirit moving in a Baptist church before, but I hear it's moving down there. Amen. Amen. It's not about a denominational name. It's about who's the head of the family. Is it Christ, a pastor, a teacher, a man, a woman? Or is it the Son of God, Jesus Christ? If he is the head, if he is the one who is the head, and he is the Spirit, guess what? The Spirit's going to be where he's the head of. And the Spirit's going to move. The world may say, well, I don't believe that. I, I, I don't understand why he can work there and not here. Maybe you need to open the door to the Spirit. Maybe you need to let Christ move to the front again. I don't know. But individually, each one of us needs to surround ourselves. God said, do not forsake the assembling one with another. He wasn't just trying to run church numbers up when he said that. He knew we needed each other. He knew that we needed to hold one another because when we're individually out in the world, there are those who are going to cut and stab with their words. There are those who are going to try to tear you down with their words. There are those who put it in newspapers and on TV that try to tear you down with their words. But guys, let me share with you, my God is bigger. And when we focus on the task, and when we come together and we pray, and we say, God, I want to do whatever it is you would have me to do, because that's the third thing that they did. They continued to persist on working and rebuilding the wall. And praise God, you can finish the story. Sambalay and Tobiah, they talked all their smack, but Nehemiah did what God called him to do. Amen? And folks, I would share with you this morning that Christ is not going to leave his work unfinished. He may still be working on you, but he's not going to give up on you. He's not going to give up on me. And slowly but surely, the world may try to make me think he has, or the world may make me try to make me think, how dare I? Either way, I have the promises of God that says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You are a new creation made by my blood, by, the, by Christ. I can go forth and proclaim the gospel, not because of who I am, but because of who he is. And every one of you that's accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior can do the same thing. It's not a uh, just a position the pastor has the spirit of God that moves within you will make you do that I don't care what the world says you have the capability to be the witnesses as it says in Acts 1-8 to go and share the gospel folks people are going to try to hurt you people are going to try to dissuade you from doing what it is God's called you to do and right now Satan is having a heyday trying to tear down Sutherland Springs. That's okay. My God's bigger. Don't allow it to pull you down. Don't allow it to break you emotionally. Now, I understand some of you folks, and I'm not talking bad about the emotional uh, being upset this past week. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying let us stop and remember that our God is bigger. Don't allow the people to define who you are. You keep living for Christ till Christ defines who they are. And watch how God will work in your life. Nehemiah and the people continued to pray. They continued to focus. They didn't retaliate to the insults. They chose to keep building the wall. Keep at the task at hand that God had called them to do. And they chose to continue to walk forward 
building it one rock after another rock and another rock. Sure, the words hurt. When we allow others to dictate to us how we should live rather than God in the scriptures, when we allow others' words to take a hold in our lives, it's not fun. It is absolutely not fun. In fact, it breaks our heart, it leaves scars, and it's hard to overcome. But praise God, when we can come together, when we go about our days, our weeks, our our months, trying to be what Christ has called us to be, trying to figure out who we are and what that means, sometimes that is very difficult. When we continue to go back to the Scriptures and say, Thus saith the Lord, as I continue to focus that I have been bought with a price, but that price was paid willingly by my God, I can go out and know that I am valuable. I don't care what the world may say. I am valuable. I am valuable enough that my God climbed the hill of Calvary and died in my stead. When people are trying to define who we are, we can't let ourselves to be distracted and stoop to the same level as they are, for they will bring us down. Instead, we need to turn to God. Say, Father, here I am. You promised to be with me forever and always, and you are going to lift me and walk with me. And most of all, Lord, I choose. There's that word again. I choose not to give up. I choose not to throw in the towel. I choose not to walk away from my Christian faith. I choose not to walk away from your scriptures. I choose not to walk away from my brothers and sisters. I choose not to walk away from the church. I choose to stand tall and proud upon the cross of Jesus, proclaiming the gospel not because of who I am, but because of who he is and what he paid for me. And he said that if I have done this for you, then go and do this for me. He died on that cross so that we can go be his witnesses 60, 70, 80, 100 years. And then I get to spend eternity in glory. He warned us that the persecutions would come when we are called by his name. Therefore, we've been warned. And he has also told us that he will never leave us or forsake us. For that reason, I can hold my head high and say, thank you, Jesus. If you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then those words will tear you down and you have no recourse. For the grace and mercy that covers the wounds of our soul can only come from Jesus Christ himself. Only Christ can mend a soul. And it's your decision whether you accept that grace and mercy or not, because he said, I will do that for you. We can be healed through the name of Jesus Christ of those soul injuries and become a new creation that if God be for us, no one can be against us. So as we leave this place today, the number one decision you need to make is whether you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you have not made him the Lord and Savior of your life, then I pray this morning, he said that whomsoever believed that he was the Son of God, that he died on that third day for our sins, and that he rose again and then ascended to the right hand of God the Father, when we believe those things and ask for that forgiveness to come upon us, for the wages of sin is death, and there is no remission of sin without the shedding of blood. But when we believe he shed that blood for me, and I say, thank you, Lord, please wash me and cleanse me, I want to be yours, and we put on the mind of Christ, I am a new creation that Satan cannot touch. He can throw things out there. He can impede my walk sometimes. 
but he can't touch my spirit again for it's in God's hands. Where are you this morning? If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I pray that you'll make that decision. If you do know him today, don't allow the heartache and the pain and the worry of others define who you are. In fact, I'm going to flip it around and say, those two young people in that video, those who throw those spirit bombs in your faith walk, those who try to impede your walk with Christ in any fashion, those are the people that need the prayer. Rather than returning insults, say, God, something must really be wrong in their life. Show me how I can witness into it, or can you please witness into that? That's hard to do. Like I said, just this week, my, my first instinct was, yeah, I want to retaliate. But then it wasn't but a minute or two. It's like the grace and mercy in God said, I got this. He's the judge, not me. And oftentimes those who hurt the most are really hurting the most inside. And they need our hand to reach and share Christ. Where are you this morning? If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask you to come and I'd love to pray with you. You can come to this altar and just pray at this altar. If there's, maybe there's unforgiveness in your life. Maybe you're guilty of those hurtful words and God's telling you it's time for you to go back and say, I'm sorry. One thing that video pointed out is oftentimes we'll say things not realizing just how the magnitude of what's going on in that individual's life. And maybe God's bringing it to your attention. You just need to come to this altar. Or maybe you need to pray right where you're at. But let's not leave here today without recognizing that He is your Lord. And then if you do know Him as your Lord, that He is bigger than you and bigger than those who are throwing the insults. He's bigger than anything. And said, I have you in the palm of my hand. Trust me. Trust me. Nehemiah did build that wall. Go back and read and Look at just what all happened there. But praise God, he didn't let the people throw in spirit bombs at him, taking down. Instead, they, he and the Israelites entrenched in prayer more and more and did exactly what God called them to do. And he will do that here in Sutherland Springs as well. As each one of us individually makes that commitment, Lord, here am I. Send me. Let's all stand together. I want to lead us in a word of prayer. If God is speaking to you this morning, I pray that you will listen to what he has to say. Let us not quit living for Christ because of other people. Because of other people, let's live for Christ that much louder and that much more powerfully. Where are you this morning? Father God, I come before you today and I thank you for this opportunity we've had to gather in your house. Thank you for the example of Nehemiah and the Israelites as Sambalai and Tobiah was, and the rest of the Sumerians were throwing these, these bombs in amongst them and trying to tear down the new church that they were building and trying to tear down the people and making them think they were not worthy. As these people continued to hear these relentless insults and, and bickering day in and day out, they chose to keep praying and keep focusing and doing what you called them to do. I pray that each one of us in this room will do that now, Lord. Help us to pray and focus and be what you've called us to be. May your name be glorified and magnified. And, as, and the more that people try to tear down the church, may your name be glorified that much louder to the world among the church.
as the people try to tear you down, may you reverse that and build yourself even brighter, even louder, more clearly, more exponentially to the world. May you continue to grow as they try to tear you down, as you grow even much more bigger. And God, may we be a part of that ministry. Allow us, each one of us in this room, to go and be a part of what it means to be able to say, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And we gather there in that building to show the world the church within. Father, may your will be done, Lord. In Jesus' holy name we pray. And it's in your name. Amen. If God's telling you to sing this morning, sing. If he's telling you to pray, pray. If he's telling you to walk this aisle, walk this aisle. Let's do what the Lord's calling us to do today. In Jesus' name. Is God speaking to you this morning? Because if he is, this is your opportunity. It's time for you to step out and just accept him today. And if he's saying, okay, you've got me now, let's show that. Make that choice to show that today. As we sing another verse, Brody.
Amen. Uh, praise the Lord. This morning we got just a few things that I want to share with you. Becky, come on up. Becky and her son are coming up this morning, and they are coming, and they said that she knows Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior, and she said this, that God is moving you on her heart to come and, and be a part of this body here with us. So everybody in accordance with that? Amen. Amen. We're still working on this one, so keep him in prayers. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Becky. Also, too, another, uh, can I say that out loud, Tammy? Okay. Tammy has been a Christian most of her life. Tambria Reed back here. And she was christened as a Presbyterian years ago. But she said that it's time God has moved it on her heart. She wants to make that public profession as an adult. And she's going to be baptized. As everybody knows, Jesus Christ is her Lord and Savior. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Guys, we live in a, in a day and an age that God is being made manifest and magnified through TV and radio in so many ways. It's unfortunate, but know this, that Satan is going to also try to use those same things to tear him down. But our God's bigger. Don't listen to Satan. Listen to Christ and go out and magnify his name. Amen? Amen. Amen. It's good seeing everybody this morning. I praise the Lord for each one of you. Guys, keep looking up at all that you say and all that you do and know that our God is bigger. Amen? Amen. Brody, you want to close us in prayer this morning, brother?
Are you white as snow? Are you white? 